Welcome to Practically Christian. I'm Luke, and I'm here with my wife, Janelle. Hey there, guys. And my friend, Jake. Hey, guys. We share conversations that help you know Jesus more deeply and follow him more faithfully. The truth is, no one has arrived at Christ-likeness. To grow in that direction, we believe you need authentic relationships and biblical theology applied to your everyday life. We hope that you're encouraged to grow and to live out the biblical truths that we discuss on this episode. Let's get practical and dive into a conversation about body image. So last week, we talked about Christian theology of the body and how the body was created by God. It's an integrated part of ourselves, um, and it's a good thing. God made us good. Um, Of course, the fall happened. Things are broken. Not all our desires are good, but overall, we are good. Our bodies are a blessing. They're a gift. They're part of who we are. But one hot topic in culture today is our body image. How do we view ourselves, and how can that be formed by a biblical theology that integrates um, God's love for us, uh, realities about our bodies and our brokenness, a brokenness of our desires, and also just um, something that helps us move forward in life. Like a, I feel like a positive body image is actually almost a confidence question. Well, and it's interesting because everything we talked about last time sets us up to understand actually that this is not a totally straightforward question. Like if you have the wrong view, like if you embrace a Gnostic view of the body, And it's a simple, like, your body doesn't matter. Body image doesn't matter. End of story. But once you start understanding and embracing the idea that God made our bodies good, then it's like, wait, so if we're integrated beings, like, how do we steward this part of ourself? And how do we view that? And, yeah, how do we express those desires and make sure those are good? Yeah, and once, like, kind of the idea of, like, once we understand something better, it doesn't make things black or white. It makes them a lot more gray and like, okay, now how do we do it? Let's figure it out instead of just cut and dry. Yeah, so here are some questions. Is pursuing physical beauty always a question of vanity, a sin? So vanity is basically like a self-obsession or a, yeah, just a focus on us in a bad way. Um, I think there's like self-love in the, in the negative sense and in the positive sense, right? You want to have the positive sense. So vanity is kind of talking about that negative sense, obsession with looks. Um, it's actually funny. The piece of furniture that a lot of people use to, you know, sit in front of, or it's kind of the traditional piece of furniture where you'd sit and like do your makeup or whatever is called a vanity. So um, just funny side note. And then the next question is a practical one. How is our body image being shaped by the content and the things that we're seeing, the things that we're learning about? um, Kind of what are we ingesting that's shaping our our body image? And um, most importantly, what does God think about how we look and how we feel about how we look? So in this conversation, a lot of times people pretend that it only is about women and girls. Mm. Like almost like women and girls are obsessed with their looks and that's because of how our culture has formed them, slash because of how sex works, slash something else. But I just want to shoot that down right at the start and say that this is not a a conversation that's only relevant to women and girls. Um, Increasingly, we're seeing that children, even um, young children, are being affected um, with body image issues. There is um, a worrying amount of stuff going on where boys, especially in high school, are dealing with things like anorexia Mm -hmm. and bulimia at rates 
approaching similar to the level of girls. Yeah. Um, and that it's growing much faster. Yeah, it's interesting because I've seen this increase with the increase of superhero movies in recent years. And now all of a sudden there's a lot of these like masculine hero figures who are ripped. And now like guys are like, oh, that's what it looks like to be strong, which is frankly a ridiculous ideal for the average person. But that's become like the guy version of being an awesome guy, being attractive physically means looking like these, you know, Chris Evans or... Well, and the Chris's. It's very like even deceptive if you think about Wolverine. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the name of the guy who plays him, but um, when he works out beforehand, he'll get really ripped. But even then, he'll do a water fast for like 24 hours before they shoot, where he doesn't drink any water, so his skin shrinks, so his muscles look bigger. Yeah. Um, before the shoot. Yeah, and that's the same true. And if you watch any movie where a guy takes off his shirt. 90% of the time, they're doing things like that to set up that shoot where they're working out crazy schedule before that. Many of them cut out salt totally from their diet um, and do they do all these crazy things. So most of the time in those shots, when they look, quote unquote, the most attractive, they're actually the least healthy physically <laughs> that they normally are. Like they feel terrible in those moments and they put on a smile, at, but they're not actually healthy in that moment. And we're going to dive into that more later, so let's um, leave it there for now. All right. One thing that's just objectively true is that beauty is a subjective evaluation. Um, so um, you can see that in the variety of the things that people have considered to be beautiful over time and also just in cultures in the world today. Um, one really funny story was we had this Ugandan visitor who came. Um, we picked him up from the airport. He greeted my mom at the door. And he meant to compliment her and he said, oh, Janet, you've gained weight since I last saw you. (laughs) And it was a compliment. He was trying to say, you're looking good. Um, And it's just funny because I do think it's actually a pretty common thing for Americans to say, hey, you've lost weight since I last saw you. And it's just this difference in in a view of what is beautiful. Is being heavier beautiful or is being, you know, skinnier beautiful? Um, And it's just a culturally formed concept. There's no objective, um, you know, standard that we can look at and say, do you match up to this standard? Because those standards are culturally formed. Well, and I think part of it comes from the idea that health is beautiful. Mm. And in a culture where there is a lack of things, gaining weight shows that you have enough to eat. And it's beautiful in a way that you, um, you have that and you're able to be healthy. Mm-hmm. And in America, it's kind of the opposite where there is so much that it's if you're not overindulging and if you're losing weight, then that shows a sign of health and taking care of your body. And so that's beautiful. And it's not just health, it's actually wealth. So if you think about cultures that view tans as beautiful tend to be places where spending leisure time in the sun is a sign of wealth. Being able to travel to sunny locations and spend time in your bikini on the beach, that is a sign of of wealth. Being able to go to a tanning booth and spend your time tanning in a tanning booth is a sign of wealth. Whereas in cultures where people who are out in the sun all day are out there because they're working the land, um, in those cultures, fair skin tends to be considered beautiful because you're wealthy enough to be indoors. Indoors, yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's actually like a trend among um, Hispanics in the southern United States, uh, southern parts like Southern California and Texas, um, where they'll wear sweatshirts 
even if it's like 90 degrees outside when they're doing manual labor so that they'll stay less tan. Interesting. Um, which is, you know, part, partly because that's what is desirable. Mm -hmm. And even though it's not the best feeling in the moment, it like produces this look. So here's a question for you guys. How would you describe your culturally formed understanding of what is attractive and beautiful for a man to be? And what is one area where your body matches up to that standard and one area where it doesn't? Yay for awkward questions. <laughs> <laughs> you should definitely leave that in the audience. <laughs> I mean, I'm a big fan of all the Marvel movies and the superhero movies. And I think a big part of my formation of what is an attractive guy has been formed by that. So, I mean, like, you know... Any of the Chris's, Chris Pratt, Chris Evans, um, Chris Hemsworth, that would be like, that's, that's kind of like so, my, my culturally formed. Yeah, name some of the traits that they have. Okay, so uh, tall, which I definitely fit that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a pretty short guy. So, um, but tall, very muscular, um, you know, the wide, wide shoulders, wide back, big arms. Narrow waist. Would Narrow you say? waist. Yeah, abs. Abs that show. Well, it's kind of funny that you bring up Chris uh, Pratt because every time someone talks about Chris Pratt, all I see is the Parks and Recreation Chris Pratt, yeah. which is like homeless guy living in a hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, so it depends on which Chris Pratt you're talking about. I kind of fit one of those. <laughs> so, Luke, what is one way that your body does measure up? Because you didn't answer that part of the question. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Can we do the gym again? <laughs> I'm just laughing because Janelle's giving me the eyebrows. Looks to me like I have a tight buttocks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Nope. Yeah, you, do. you gotta answer. 100% you do. What's something handsome about you? What's something handsome about me? Yeah. I think I have a nice face. I think I have a good... Cop out. <laughs> Cop out. You, you, the question was... The question was, what is a sign of beauty that you see in men? And how... What is one way that you go with it? You didn't talk about Chris Pratt's face. <laughs> um... Like, as a result of working out for a number of years now, like, I am stronger than I used to be, so I'm more like that. I don't know if there's, like, any one part that I would point out, like, oh, my chest is big, like it should be or something. Luke has huge biceps. I don't have huge biceps. <laughs> he does. Okay. I have... As he crosses his arm, he's falling off. <laughs> this is the worst podcast ever. I'm passing it to Jake. Yes, Jake, your turn. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> so, do you agree with Luke's assessment of a culturally formed identity of a? Or do you have a different picture? Do you have a guy? different picture? Yeah. So I think that there, there's like two separate level, like two separate things, and one of them is kind of what Luke was talking about about thin waist and muscles and height, and the other one is face. Mm. where it's um, like the, the square jaw. Mm -hmm. um, so the way that I, I 
do not have a square jaw at all. Um, so I think that's one of the ways that I like. I don't, don't know. Don't match up. Don't match up to the like masculine idea. Um, I don't know. I guess height or athleticism would be like where I do match up, but I don't know. <laughs> awesome. What about you, Janelle? <laughs> well, Janelle's not a man, so okay. we yeah. ask the question okay. again. <laughs> so, what do you see Janelle as like? Well, how have you been formed culturally? But also, how would you say women in general? Like, is there one generic kind of role model view of what attractiveness is, or do you think it's more diverse? I think there's some range of diversity and also like an acknowledgement that people are attracted to different body types and that kind of thing. Mm. But generally speaking, I think a woman in America is expected to be thin, to be beautiful Mm -hmm. Um, and curvaceous to varying degrees. Mm -hmm. Um, But thin overall would be like, especially like flat stomach um, and like, like defined arms and that kind of thing. Like Mm -hmm. the, like the thinner is better mm-hmm. kind of mentality overall. Um, and then I would say um, too short or too tall is not okay. Like women, mm-hmm. it's, it's almost like you want to be kind of the medium, medium, small mm-hmm. kind of height. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just various things about facial features like straight teeth. Um, yeah. Symmetrical face. Symmetrical like <laughs> <Tom laughs> <Cruise>. face. <laughs> Tom Cruise has that one tooth in the middle. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> Does he? I don't know. Yeah, so Tom Cruise's face is the only is like super symmetrical because his teeth, his whole row of teeth is misaligned. And so he has one tooth in the middle. And so he has a perfectly symmetrical smile. <laughs> Anyways, fun fact. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> don't yeah. leave that in the podcast. <laughs> we were taking a break and I thought I think it's funny. And I see it every time I see him smile. I've never seen that before. <laughs> Would you agree overall with that assessment of women's beauty in America? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> this is like a, it's like a, a thing to like think. I think there is a level of like some some people view women's beauty in like like the athletic kind of sense, um, and then like I know people who are like. Yeah, I, like I literally had one of my friends say this to me at one point, like, wow, I wouldn't want to see my wife's like biceps. Mm. Like, you mm, like know. not too strong. Yeah. And like not too athletic. Yes. And so I think there's like, there's some differentiation there. And I think that's dependent on like the person. But yeah, I think for the most part. Yeah. So one area I think I match up to the ideal would be I have straight teeth. <laughs> and one area where I don't match up would be. I, I feel like, so this is, this is related to physical beauty, but it's not like your, your natural features, if that makes sense. But I am not a person who wears makeup or dresses up a lot. Like I, you can mostly always see me in like leggings or sweatpants or, um, t-shirts and that kind of thing. So I feel like that is like a non-feminine, like Mm. ideal, like women should be pretty and they should have their makeup and their earrings and their cute shoes when they go out kind of thing. And I feel like that's just not me in general. Um, yeah. Well, I think that's one of the other weird things in America is that we have like this idea of women's attractiveness being more pretty than beautiful Mm. and more young than anything else. Like it feels like that's kind of like the goal you want. Like people like try to look young. They try to look made up Mm -hmm. and not like, 
I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's almost like you're a slob if you're not mm-hmm. making that definite effort or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I said that's one area I don't make up. I don't match up, but. Um, there's probably lots of areas we could have talked about for all of us, (laughs) different ones. But the the obsession that we have with beauty is not a new phenomenon. Like that's something that's age old, like descriptions of beautiful people in literature and all kinds of stuff can be found, um, paintings and artworks and that glorified beauty. And, um, you know, even like the, the ancient pantheon of gods, they would have like statues and, Mm -hmm. um, paintings that they would. Um, present these divine creatures and like their and their beauty yeah. <laughs> of what that and then usually it matched up to the ideals that their culture um, held dear. But I will say um, something that is rather new is the kind of advancements in technology um, that have I want to say changed the scene as far as what is influencing us with um, with images and ideas of beauty. So for instance, um, in the New Testament times, we know that even the best mirrors owned by only the wealthy were basically polished metal plates um, with pretty inaccurate um, reflections mm-hmm. um, where you could see yourself Sorry. as in a mirror dimly, right? Yeah. Um, and that's an example that Paul writes in, in the New Testament, um, using it as an illustration for something else. But um, just basically mirrors weren't even very effective. And here, nowadays, we have amazing mirrors that look exactly like an exact reflection. Um, we also have, um, phones and filters and uh, yeah, yeah. Photographs. Well, I think the other thing is that, um, and I don't know if this goes right here, but that if you, there's a certain kind of beauty that makes money. Mm. And so there's, there's a, a money element or an economic element into Let's try to get women to buy more makeup. Let's try to get women to do these different dieting things. Let's try to get guys to gain this muscle or whatever. And so there's unhealthy standards in certain ways that are helping certain companies make money. Yeah. And so those are propagated. Right. They're propagated through advertising. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, we want gym memberships. Therefore, look, this is the body you can have. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I don't know, it seems like, especially in like the modern Western world, right? It's easier to be average weight than it is to be really skinny. Um, And so being really skinny is said to be more attractive so that people can have a harder time and can get sold things because they're having a hard time. There's also celebrity culture. And now with social media, we're even projecting images of ourselves um, into the world, right? Where um, it's no longer just like, I'm going to put on some makeup. And then when people see me out and about, then they'll get this image of me. It's even like, I'm going to take a picture of myself in this setting, you know, with this um, style and I'm projecting that image into the world. Um, And then of course, there's professional photography where you can, you know, make yourself look super awesome. <laughs> or there's photo filters, um, things like where you can even modify a legitimate picture and um, change it can, different features, yeah, or thin changes. your face, or give you that jawline. Which I mean, people also do in like with makeup, yeah, right. And it's true. I remember this sounds terrible, but in high school there was a girl who wore makeup, like tons of makeup, all the time. And then one day she came to school without wearing makeup and I didn't recognize her. Mm. And it was like she had a completely different face. 
And so similar to like the whole in like Instagram filters and all of that, like, are you showing you or are you showing some pretend version of you? I don't know if that goes. Yeah, that's good. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I mean, in our image saturated culture, we're just gathering this huge array of um, different ideas of what it could be to be beautiful. And we see people that we even know um, looking so glamorous, right? Um, So I think it's definitely affecting how we are forming our own kind of interpretation of our own body image and the... um, and then, like you said, there are intentional influences, like the mm-hmm. this health and beauty culture um, and economic power is also um, at kind of projecting that into our space as well. Well, and it kind of goes to that. Do you know like the history of deodorant? Mm-hmm. Um, when before deodorant or when it first came out, um, they couldn't sell any of it because no one cared. And they created the advertising campaign of don't have BO, body odor. And within a year, it was the fastest growing economic like mm-hmm. thing that you could buy in America because it had made people feel shame about a normal thing. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, actually, I was thinking about, if, have you guys seen the Dove commercial um, mm-hmm. for Dove Soap? Yeah, screw that company. Anti-corporate. No, (laughs) No, it's actually pushing back on some of this stuff. It's a commercial that's showing them taking a picture um, of a very average-looking young woman who has skin flaws and just looks normal. Um, They have her go through like a professional hair and makeup session, and then they take photos of her, and then they have a Photoshop expert modify that photo until she literally looks like a supermodel. And then they show her picture on a billboard um, advertising their soap, um, but kind of showing that process of like, this girl doesn't look like that. Um, But I think the irony of it is that that was still the billboard. They didn't just Mm -hmm. take the picture of the girl and put it up there with the soap, right? Because that wouldn't sell the soap. So it is, um, I think it's something that it's not just the companies, even these companies that are trying to like change the narrative, if you will, um, they also recognize that the customer is not going to buy their soap if they have someone up there with flawed complexion, right? Yeah. Um, that doesn't communicate their message of um, this soap will help make you beautiful and um, mm-hmm. clean like this beautiful model, <laughs> right? So I, I just think it's, it was a, in some ways a beautiful commercial, but I, there is a little bit of irony there as well. Mm-hmm. The, the, the phrase, this soap will help you look like you, probably doesn't sell as much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so I think to some extent, everyone knows this stuff, right? Everyone knows that um, actors are paid lots of money and they can work out all the time. And yet, you are still influenced by looking at these actors and celebrities or, um, again, like we said, social media influence of you might know that this is a glamour shot for your friend and you've seen them not looking like that, but it still kind of gets into your heart, I want to say, and like um, forces a comparison and a kind of a body image crisis. And I think one Christian um, response that is actually mixed with this heresy of Gnosticism is basically to say, that stuff doesn't even matter. Your inner person is the only thing that matters. So forget it. It doesn't matter what you look like. Um, just just focus on your inner person, and that's, that's the solution, right? And that would be the kind of cliche Christian response. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, we talked about how Gnosticism is, Gnosticism is not biblical, Um, that's drawing on 
essentially pagan philosophy and um, marrying it to Christianity. Um, and that's not what we're supposed to be doing. Well, even outside that, like, I think outside of Christianity, that's becoming a more common thing in American culture at the same time. Like, it, Christianity isn't saying, we're going to be different, your body doesn't matter. It's That is coming up at the same time as your body doesn't matter, it only matters what you are on the inside, screw your body, yeah. ideas in normal unchristian culture yeah, or in some sense make your body what you feel like on the inside <laughs> um which you could see in like some of the gender dysphoria um <laughs> transgender movement i would say in some ways that's an attractive message to me that your inner person is the most important and that's what really matters about you and i could see that in somewhat in some sense ringing true even for me <laughs> so how would you respond to that kind of argument that your inner self your inner person is the most important thing about you because it kind of is. I don't know. I, I think that we have a tendency to try to make one more important than the other. But I think there is the true balance is that your outer person should as best as possible reflect your inner person. And outer unhealth would reflect inner unhealth, right? So if I, um, if I didn't have like any kind of disorder and I just gained 200 pounds over the next year because I ate terribly, that's a reflection of poor inner health mm-hmm. on my body. And so I should be, and like, you know, or if I'm the other side of things and my pride gets to the place where I work my body in an un, like so unhealthily where I'm doing the, the superhero thing where I feel like crap all the time, but at least I look good sometimes, that is also a sign of unhealth. And so it's like, I don't, I don't think there's a dichotomy between inner person and outer person, but that the way our inner person is will naturally reflect health in the physical person. Yeah, like Jake said, I think they go together. And for me, I've, I've felt that at different points in my life where um, like I'm experiencing a lot of stress and then that can actually be helped by working out. Like where... It's actually when my outer person is doing something healthy, helps my inner person feel better or whatever, you know, like they're just, they're just integrated, you know? And I would say, I do think the inner person is more important in the sense of like, if I chop off all of your arms and legs and you're suddenly no longer able to even approach some version of, you know, cultural beauty, like you can be the most beautiful person. That's true. Um, and I would say we also have this strange divorce of people from their images. And I think that's just true because we have such accurate Im- images of people mm. um, pervading our culture and inaccurate images of those same people pervading our culture. Um, well, I don't understand yeah, what you mean. Sorry. Sorry. I don't know what you mean by sorry. that. So, so here's an example. Um, I heard this story about this, this occurred in Europe and I, I don't know the source, so I'm sorry. All my stories are just in my mind. Me, me and Janelle have the same issue well, where we remember all of the stories that we hear, but can barely ever tell you when the person <laughs> who told you it, like I one time told a story Luke had told me like two weeks before to Luke. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I told you that. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Yeah, so this is a story. It's a true story. So there was a woman. She was actually an elderly woman who was deaf, 
And she became a Christian and became essentially a missionary to the deaf communities in, I think it was Eastern Europe. And um, I just remember one of the, it was a video, and one of the ladies was testifying about the effect that this woman had on her. And she was like, she just radiated this beauty. And it was just this weird thing because that lady was like in her 80s. Like she was not, if you just like any cultural standard, really old wrinkly people are not (laughs) considered gorgeous, right? But I think that it is true that our inner person kind of radiates out through our external person. Um, And another more mundane example would be a friend of mine. Um, She was, even as a young girl, she was very short for her age and um, trending as like she wouldn't reach a normal height for a woman. And they actually did, you know, some therapies and stuff for her to help her grow more. And she's still short, but she has a big personality. She's, um, I don't know, you just don't think of her as short, if that makes sense. Like she doesn't convey that. But if you measure her against, if you put her up in a line with a bunch of other people, she'd be probably the shortest woman in the line. This is just making me think of Edna Mole from The Incredibles. Well, like the most biggest personality in that movie. Sorry. Yeah. And it's like all the all the taller people are like, okay, please, like <laughs> so true. Sorry. No, it's good. So I guess my response to the person who says the inner person argument um, that inner, your inner person is the most important thing about you, that that argument might ring true because it's true in part. Like your inner person is in some sense the most important thing about you, but it's integrated with your body. You're not this separation of soul and body um, that, yeah, it's more significant, but it's not, um, yeah. It's not exclusively significant. Exactly. So um, let's get into a discussion about vanity. Vanity is considered to be a sin. It's kind of a, an obsession with your your personal appearance, um, and that can be either positive or negative obsession, um, but it's just this kind of obsessive um, self-focus, especially related to your physical appearance. So an arrogant version of that would be kind of the, I, I call it the, I'm too sexy for my shirt mentality. Like, I am just so awesome. Look at how beautiful I am. I'm so cool. Look at me. Um, And then the other version actually can be a little bit harder to spot because you feel like you're, you know, being humble in some sense in in the untrue sense of the word humility. But it's when you focus on all of the bad things that you don't like about your yourself, you're self-deprecating and you basically say, I'm so flawed and ugly. Mm -hmm. Anyone, um, regardless of your tendency that way, can struggle with envy, um, wanting something that you don't have, um, obsessive tendencies, um, that are just like, you know, maybe you're super obsessed about your makeup or doing your hair or working out or, um, or complaining about (laughs) how you look and, um, you know, worrying about that kind of thing. So, um, those are just kind of, I'll say tag alongs with vanity that can go with, with either side. So the, the word vanity just reminds me of the phrase Vanity Fair from the Pilgrim's Progress and how Christian, who's a character, and Faithful, who's also a character, um, are on their way like through the Christian life and they get sidetracked into this place called the Vanity Fair, which is this entertainment fair all built around getting people to focus on themselves mm-hmm. and to lose focus on what they're actually here for and what the actual goal of life is. And so I think, like, this idea of body image, if we focus too much on it, either in, you know, the self-deprecating or, like, the humble side of it, or on the 
um, overly like vain, like you could call it vain or prideful side of it. It's at its root sidetracking from what our focus should be. It's one of those things that even though we're talking about it, like we should be able to see it say, it's important that you take care of your body, but don't let it become an idol Mm -hmm. and don't let it in any way sidetrack you from the goal of the Christian life. So here's a question for you. Does your personal body image, um, your views about your own body, do they tend toward the positive or the negative side of vanity? Or do you feel like you're in that perfect non-idle place? Yeah, mine is definitely both extremes at different times, which is pretty terrible where I'll go back and forth from like the self-deprecating, like, oh, I need to lose weight. And then at different times or almost different moments and like oh yeah I look good (laughs) (laughs) well it's kind of like that unhealthy pendulum right where like you you go between oh I need to do this and then when you change that you go oh yeah yeah. and then and then you find a new thing (laughs) and you find out that it's kind of like it's kind of like um like a, a whirlpool or a tornado where it just spirals down and you actually end up feeling worse and worse and worse no matter what you do because you're focusing on the wrong thing. But it's like they go together. So you say both for you. Yes. In your tornado <laughs> of bothness. <laughs> tornado going up, whirlpool going down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I would say it does vary, but I would say recently it's probably been more on the negative than the positive. Like, I think, yeah, I've had a few kids and I haven't lost all the baby weight and that kind of thing. Like I feel like in general, I have more of the negative now. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've definitely had both in my life. Like I'm familiar with both. I want to say. So here's a question. Is it wrong to want to have a good looking body? I would say, I think it's fine to want to look good. I think it's part of health, like hygiene and health and feeling good about yourself and all that stuff can, it can be positive. I want to say like, I don't, Mm -hmm. Even though I'm not a person who wears makeup, I don't think that it's wrong to want to wear makeup and look good when you go out or like to wear your cute clothes that you're excited about or to be excited about your new shoes or whatever it is. Like, I don't think that's a sinful, terrible thing because you're thinking about physical things. Like, I think, again, that would be more of a Gnostic, um, syncretistic, Christian, I want to say heresy view of where you you were just basically saying anything physical is bad and mm-hmm. um beauty is nothing it's not real or something like that could you just define the word syncretistic really quick yeah syncretistic is just like blending um different yeah. um religions together and when we apply it to christianity it's saying you're you're departing from biblical truth because you're blending other things that contradict biblical truth into it and then you're saying that they're you know you're almost like making a different gospel or a different um a different truth that's not actually true because it's not god's truth yeah well and i think the idea of like health is the important thing to play in is like is your like when you're thinking about beauty or like improving your own attractiveness or whatever is that are you doing it in a healthy way or an unhealthy way Mm. right and as soon as you get into the place of it's becoming unhealthy that's when you're like hey don't go that far but as long as you're staying healthy number one physically and number two in a mental state where you're not unhealthily putting too much 
worth into it, yeah, then you're in a good spot. Well, and I think the truth is, no matter what level of beauty we've attained in our cultural context, whether that's because we have awesome genes or because we've worked out so much or whatever it is, um, the truth is a lot of the credit that you have um, for being beautiful isn't actually, I want to say, on your account. Like it's mm. um, God gave you the body that you have. Um, God gave you the genes that you have. Um, he gave you the ability to work out or the the money to pay for your gym membership or whatever it is. Like I think um, too often we, if we do take pride, I think we are taking credit that's not ours. And then regardless of that, I mean, you're going to grow old if you live a long time (laughs) and you're not going to be this young, hot thing all your life, right? Live fast, Um, die young. (laughs) I know, that's right. Some people have that view, but I would say that's not a Christian view. yeah, I just I was reading through right now my Bible plan. I'm I'm in Proverbs, and um, a few different proverbs stood out to me on this topic. Um, the first was this one. It's uh, Proverbs uh, twenty twenty nine. It says, "The glory of young men is their strength, but the splendor of old men is their gray hair." And I was like, "Oh man, that's like it's so true. Like, hmm. no matter how hard you work out." you're going to be weaker when you're an old man if you make it that far. And that's a beautiful thing to be an old man with gray hair. And it's a splendor in a, in a sense, right? Yeah. Um, another one, which is actually kind of funny, um, that stood out to me is it's one that basically says, like a gold ring in the snout of a pig is a beautiful woman without discretion. Um, and I don't have the reference for that one, but it's basically just it doesn't match. Like your beautiful outward appearance doesn't match this um, lack of discretion, your inner person, your character isn't matching up to the beauty on the outside. So Jesus says the greatest commandment is to love God with all that you are and to love your neighbor as yourself, which assumes in it intrinsically that you do love yourself, right? That's actually like assumed that you have a healthy respect for yourself and your value. And even expanding from that, I mean, the biblical teaching is that You are so loved by God that he would give himself for you. And you are God's child whom he redeemed. And so I think there is this sense in scripture that we are to have a healthy self-esteem to understand and to see ourselves increasingly the way God sees us, which is as someone worthy of love and care. So this is important to talk about because sometimes I think we can pursue health or looks out of that earning mentality that's so common in different ways like well i can have i'll have a healthy respect for myself once i attain this body that i think i should have um then i can you know like love myself or accept myself but the biblical thing is the opposite of like you you are loved and accepted by god right now no matter your body type (laughs) no matter you know your even your view of your body So I think what's true of good works in the Christian faith is actually true of pursuing health and beauty in a good way, that you do it from a place of acceptance, not in order to earn acceptance. You don't work out to be acceptable. You are acceptable by God right now. Therefore, steward this body that God has given you and take care of yourself. Which is kind of what James says. We talked about James in the last episode, but like, or when he talks about works and faith, it's you don't work because 
you want to be saved, you work because you have faith yeah. and you already are saved. Yeah. It's like similar to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like it does. I mean, that's a pretty big divergence from a lot of kind of the advertising around health and wellness and beauty mm-hmm. is like the opposite of that. It's the the talk of like, you're not good enough, so earn it. Um, yeah. You have to punish your body because it's out of out of control and you need to punish your body to make it beautiful basically <laughs> like um yeah. deprive yourself and that kind of thing um, yeah. like trying to get you to feel so bad about yourself that you'll do something about it instead of yeah yeah and so that's like almost like the aesthetic approach like mm-hmm. the like we talked about last week was the you know you know rigorous self-denial um would be that side of it and then that's countered with the overindulgence, which is kind of what it's like swinging from one unhealthy extreme to the other. When I was in college, one of our chapel speakers just stood out to me. Um, I don't remember very many of the chapel speakers, but this one stuck with me for some reason. Um, it was a lady, kind of older middle-aged lady, and she was pretty, I want to say barrel shaped. Like she, that was just her body type. And she told a story about how she actually had several siblings and all of them were kind of like archetypal beauties, you know, like the beautiful, tall, strapping brother and the skinny, beautiful, um, sexy sister. (laughs) Yeah. And then, and then there was her and she was kind of the ugly duckling of the family. Um, she took after, I guess her dad's body type and was just this kind of barrel figured woman. And she, if she worked out and ate healthy, she was a strong barrel (laughs) figured woman. And if she, um, if she went the other way and ate too much, she just was a flabby, you know, but that, that shape of her body was just so far off of the cultural, you know, mentality of what is beautiful in America. And I guess, um, God told her that he wanted her to go on a road trip. So she was like, okay, that's weird. I'm going to go on a road trip. <laughs> she didn't know what it was for. She drove around the country, saw lots of beautiful sights. And then she's like, God, why am I doing this? Like, why did you ask me to go on a road trip? And God basically spoke to her and said, um, what, what parts of the country were beautiful? And she was like, well, they were all beautiful. They were all, you know, really different. Like South Dakota is so different than, you know, the Rocky Mountains and um, the West and so different from, you know, like the Southwest and the desert areas. But they all had their own unique beauties. And God basically used that road trip to speak to her and say, you know, regardless of what the culture says about you, I see you as beautiful and you are beautiful. I made you and I made all of these different, you know, landscapes and they are beautiful um, in their unique ways. And even if not everyone can appreciate them, I appreciate it Mm. and I appreciate your beauty. And that just really stuck with me because I think I did have a little bit more of an attitude of like, sure, beauty's, you know, subjective, but there are some basic objective realities about beauty. Mm. And that just made me remember God created her. God made her. He, he knew what body type she was going to have. Um, he knew her and he loves her and her body type does not, as it does so too often with us as humans, um, doesn't negatively or positively influence his perception of her. He sees her completely who she is and he loves her and her body. Yeah, and God doesn't try to, like, balance people. He doesn't go, like, well, I'm going to make this person more intelligent, and so this person's also going to be less beautiful. Like, he makes people wholesomely good. Mm-hmm. And so there's no part of a person, as he creates them, that's bad. 
you know, that were like less good than someone else. So it seems like this is one of those areas where there's not actually a clear like, hey, do X, Y, and Z, and you will think about your body the way you're supposed to in a biblical manner. Welcome to Christianity. <laughs> Uh, this really is like not a question to be answered once and for all, but a tension to be managed um, and some questions to continuously return to throughout life and walking with Jesus. Uh, our application for this week is to think about an area in your life where you may be spending too much time, too much effort, too much money, too much thought, and to rebalance that. Or, on the opposite side of that, maybe you're not spending enough time, enough effort, enough thought. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and so think about an area in your life, probably for both of those things, and try to balance them out. I'd say not just an area of your life, but like for your physical appearance. Yeah, an an area in your life for your physical image or your body. Think about where you can make that more in balance. And where you can, you know, in some ways think about your inner self and your physical body and bring them into balance and then work on that this week. Yeah. So I think for some people that might look like, um, restricting certain sources that you are often looking at that are causing you to have an unhealthy comparison between yourself and others. So maybe for you, um, a certain magazine that you've been getting or a certain social media um, account that you've been following is just not been healthy for you that you've just been, you know, building envy or, um, or negative comparisons for your, for your own body or vice versa. Maybe you've been posting things and you're a little too, um, I want to say too proud of your physical appearance and kind of taking that in as your primary identity is how good you look. Um, Maybe that would be an area that you could, you know, question and and use discernment, not to say that you can never post a pretty picture of yourself online, but um, just just to put that question out there. And is this the wise thing to do? Is it um, is it benefiting your your whole person to do that? And maybe, you know, you could be putting too much effort into your physical appearance for its own sake, or you could not be putting enough effort into being a healthy person and having a healthy body. And so just think about those things and get them in balance. So how are you going to work on that this week? Um, for me, I, I tend to um, not do enough as far as like taking care of my, I say, exercise side of things. Um, so I used to have this like morning routine and then I fell off that wagon around the holidays and never got back into it. So I think I would like to start doing my little morning workout routine. It's only like 10 minutes, but it's better than nothing. I'm in this weird space where I, I like working out. I don't love it, but I like it. And um, we're actually building this outbuilding right now that eventually will be a home workout space because... So often there's just not a good time and space to work out in a normal day in our life. Um, in the winter with little children taking yes, naps. Yes, in the winter with little children taking naps. Slash can't work out in the morning because that'll wake them up. All those kinds of things. So it's this funny space right now where my afternoons often are actually spent working on the outbuilding to have a space to ultimately work out from home instead of working out from home. Does that make sense? <laughs> 
So are feel, you saying that's a good thing that you're comfortable with where you're at and that you're not going to change? Yeah, I just feel like it's weird. Like I, I wish I was working out more regularly, but I also have. So you're saying that you need to balance the amount that you're currently working out with how much you're thinking about future working out and working towards that. <laughs> Something like that. But there's not the balance right now. Like, yeah. And my afternoons are spent working on this building. Yeah. So that I'll have a place to work out. It's only probably a few weeks away yeah. from completion, so. It was started five months ago. So <laughs> it's been... Welcome to Higher Rent House Project. That's right. That's right. Uh, I think that I probably need to work on getting into more of a routine of working out instead of getting like thinking about it a bunch and then like doing it a bunch at once mm. and then going slack and kind of get into more of a rhythm of it. Like a lifestyle. A lifestyle, more of a healthy rhythm of it instead of like, I work out and then I feel good so I don't do anything and then I feel bad because I haven't worked out. So then I work out a bunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's just like an unhealthy pattern. Yeah, no, I've definitely gone through that too. So how are you going to change that this week? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I'm meeting with Luke tomorrow anyways to talk about um, making a schedule for my semester. So we'll throw that in the schedule. Sounds good. We'll talk about it. And one more question for you to think about and maybe pray about is whether you are motivated from an earning model where you're trying to earn acceptance um, through um, physical means or whether you're operating out of a from love motto, like where you already know that you're loved and accepted um, and are free and um, beautiful and um, whether you're operating out of one or the other and how you can shift to the from love model. So to conclude, we wanted to remind you of a common phrase, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And your primary beholder in life is God, and he loves you dearly.